What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Woo! Great one of the great weeks of the year, John. What I, I love first round baseball, early October, you know, uh, NFL has started college football. I love that week, those early weeks too. But uh, birthdays, ham birthdays, early October. But uh, this is a great week, man. This Tuesday, when I don't even like the first four, but I'm glad we got games Tuesday, Wednesday too. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The St. John's in the first four? Yeah, they play Arizona State. I, I really like ASU in that game. That that's a pretty good first four game. Chris Mullins, Bobby Hurley. I, I'm into that. But I, I'm with you. Uh, Thursday and Friday are fucking really, really special, especially if you get a couple curveball upsets. I mean, last year, guy, first ever 16 to beat a one was pretty unreal. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I vividly remember sitting on my couch watching that game like, this is insane. And the one thing you and I always talk about, if you go play pickup basketball just with a bunch of random dudes, just not athletes, like wherever your gym is, and one guy at that gym – is from like Cal State Northridge, you know, and just was like a starter on that team or Cal Poly. I'm not even talking like Pac-12 or whatever. Just a low mid-major. That guy, you you watch this guy and go, Jesus Christ, this guy's good. And I remember texting you, Cal was playing. What game did you do early in the season? Cal versus San Diego State. No, a team that a lower mid-major that had made the tournament. Uh, a lower mid major that had made the tournament because they had a point guard. I think they were winning the game. Uh, they had made, made was it Belmont or a team like that? No, you did a game earlier this season just at Cal against a, a lower school. Oh, was it same uh, Santa Clara? No, it was like a Belmont type team. It was probably in like November. They didn't play, but they played Santa Clara. In November, like that was a good game. Um, no. They played St. Mary's, but that was a road game. I didn't do that game. The last year I did them against Cal Poly. You thinking of that? Two years ago, maybe. No, I'm thinking. Uh, I, I'm thinking this year. 
They played San Francisco this year. I didn't do that game, but maybe we were texting about that game because they had a good point guard. No, I'll find it right now. It was Yale, no. St. Johnny's, no. Temple, no. St. Mary's, no. San Diego State, no. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't maybe. Know. Did the game exist? I don't know. Maybe it was last year. Maybe it was somebody else. Oh, you know who it was? Hmm. The Hampton? Have they made a tournament before? They have. Well, I think it was Hampton. And they had a little point guard who felt like he was the best player on the – was a good little point guard. You remember that game? You no. do that game this year? Maybe I did. I don't remember that. Uh, I do Actually, I did have Hampton this year, but I don't remember much about him. Was it yeah, Fisher well, but, or something? Yeah, but I guess my point is – The point they, is you remember my schedule better than me. That's the point. Well, because I remember <laughs> watching it and thinking the little point guard was like the best player on the court. And that's the thing about basketball. Like in, in football, Fred – Fresno State, probably a bad example, but like Cal Poly could never beat in a big game. Like if the game mattered. Now you could have upsets early in the season, but like a tournament, a bowl game, if that other team cares. Where in basketball, the difference of a dude, like at the some of these 11 seeds, like St. Mary's got in, and I think, who are they playing? They're playing actually a deep, like Louisville or? No, I think they play Villanova. They're playing Villanova. St. Mary's hasn't had a great season for their standards. And Nova coming off a championship lost a bunch of guys. They, Nova's really good, but it's not insane if St. Mary just gets hot and just wins that game. That's a great part about the tournament is the difference in basketball. Like a starter at St. Mary's, that guy is so much fucking better than your elite pickup guy at every gym around America, right? Yeah. Like that's that to me is just cool about basketball. We're in football. There's just. If you play at Alabama, you're on a completely different level than the dude at Cal Poly. You know, just like it ain't even close. We're in basketball. It it, it might not be because of the teams, but like individuals, and that's why I think we see every year these standout upset teams. You're like, God, who is? Remember our uh, Parker that one year, and he ended up getting drafted by the Celtics, and his dad was the coach, and they were on with Charles. Then his like dad tore his Achilles, and he was in like a he was in like a, a little scooter. Yeah, hasn't he done it? Twi- has he R- hurt himself twice? R.J. Barrett was that his name? Not uh, no, it was R.J. Uh, Barrett's on Duke. R.J. something. Hunter Ron Hunter. R. J., uh, yeah, I, Ron Hunter's dad was R.J. Hunter's the kid. Yeah, but just you just get really really cool stories that you know football and even just. Like, two is a cool story or whatever, but he's still, like, a five-star, went to Bama. Yeah, I know? mean, this time last year, nobody was talking about Dante DiVincenzo. Like, the, Villanova fully expected that he'd be on this year's team. They go to the tournament, and he's fantastic off the bench, and they win the national championship, and he gets drafted. He's gone. You know, I mean, that's just, like, Buddy Heel. Now, Buddy was, like, he was Buddy had a stories, big year. He had a but big then year. He, the tournament was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, took him I mean, to the Final Four. Uh, St. Mary's has a guy. If you, I don't know if you've watched them much this year, but they got again. Their guy is Jordan Ford. That's is the that guy. the guy that like Marcus Thompson was comparing to Steph? Well, I don't. I didn't see Marcus do that, but yeah, all you have to do is watch Jordan Ford for 15 seconds, and you're like, oh, this guy's favorite player is 100% Steph Curry. Just watch him. He's from Folsom. He wears. I think he wears three now. Maybe he used to wear 30, but they're all. First of all, they, they're an Under Armour school, so he's wearing Under Armour. And just his shot, the way he moves, the way he walks, like the whole thing. Is, is he an NBA guy or just a really good college player? I mean, was Steph an NBA guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean he, he's not he, as tall as Steph, but. 
So you like that upset city right there? St. Well, Mary's? The know? funny thing is that like this is an easy upset to pick just based on the history of everything. But they're not, like you said, they're not as good this year um, as they have been in years past. But they did just beat Gonzaga, so. They didn't just beat him. They kind of kicked their ass. I mean, in fairness, Gonzaga had beaten him by like 50 earlier this season. But, yeah. Yeah, there, 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 there might have been a little like, uh, is it fair to say the Zags players didn't quite take St. Mary's as seriously as maybe they should have? Yeah, I definitely fair. But part of that is like St. Mary's does have some good players. This guy Ford's good, and they're really well coached. Anyway, let's talk more about this, John, in a minute. <laughs> Mark Few last night, he said a comment about that game. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, maybe we overlooked him. He's like, I also, I don't think our scouting report was detailed enough. I was like, oh, my, can you imagine being that assistant that did that scout? I know. He said that. He's like, yeah, we, we were handling the ball screens completely wrong. Almost like his assistant had mailed in the scout. He said that on national TV to Jay Billis. I was like, oh, my, I felt for the assistant. I'm like, you don't see that often. Our scout was wrong. You should have named the guy. <laughs> yeah, he needs a little ease. You know, yeah, Gary's wife flew into Vegas, and I, you know, I, you know, I, it wasn't his best work. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, John, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you by. We'll get back to the tournament in a minute, but it's also brought to you by Ease. Ease in my bookie. Uh, Ease.com. There's a Z. That's E A Z E. The best delivery platform to get the best legal. Licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. Just be 21 or over. Go online, get verified in minutes. Uh, if delivery's in your area, great. If it's not, sign up and you'll be notified when it arrives. I needed a new pen because my pen broke. The actual battery part went to ease.com a couple days ago. Boom, delivered 20 minutes later. Also, it was 20? just on the web. Yeah, I mean, guy, it was boom, boom. Also, I was like, I was on the side. I was like, oh, I'll try out these edibles. Oh, it's an upper, and I feel good. Oh, it's just pretty gives you a little energy. It's like a, basically like a Red Bull of feel good. It's awesome. So you go to ease.com. You type in the promo code HAM. First time users get twenty dollars off their first purchase. Also over fifty dollars, you get a free delivery. Hard to beat that. And like I said, it is rapid fire. They are in front of your house in your apartment complex, at your condo, wherever you are, Valley, Orange County, now in Portland, uh, Sacramento, you name it, they are their fast guy. Well, this is a great week for Ease too, John, with March Madness, Thursday, Friday. Um, it's a great, Hopefully, any of you guys that are able to get off work for at least one of those days or maybe half the day, uh, take advantage. Uh, hang out. Tell your friends. If you've already used the promo code, that's fine. Tell your friends about HAM. And remember, you don't need the promo code for 50 bucks off. Uh, excuse me. You don't need the promo code for a free delivery if you order more than $50. But the first delivery is $20 off with the promo code HAM. Yeah. It, good, it, good, good, be a good watcher. Like some, somebody's going to bring a, a seven-layer dip to the party. Yeah, you know? for sure. Is there, a better, is there a better feeling on Thursday and Friday when you look up? You're like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. No. I got some games. It's the best. It is absolutely the best. And then you're like sitting there on your couch at 9.30 at night. You're like, oh, more games. It's oh. just all day. Especially Thursday when you know it's going to happen again, when you know it's coming again the next day. Oh, it's, it's the, and you're like, oh, true TV. I haven't been there in a while. <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. Uh, it's it's and, hard to be. Again, ease.com, promo code HAM. And we mentioned it, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral one, HAM1. And uh, they'll match your deposit with a 50% bonus at mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. 
I can't wait, guy. I think today we talk a little bit about some of the futures teams we like. Maybe by Wednesday, pick a couple upset specials. Uh, there, there's nothing like doesn't like watching the tournament. It's even better when you got a little juice uh, on the tournament. I had m- one of my worst losses ever on mybookie.ag. Was it th- three years ago when Nova? hit that shot against North Carolina. Do you remember that? The game-winning walk? I had North Carolina. I mean, I, I would have made like $1,500. I vividly remember hitting, like standing up and hitting the floor. Oh. I, I, th- well, I think his name was like Brandon Day or something. I mean, it was sweet street stroke. Uh, but this tournament guy, I'm going to call it the Zion tournament. Right now you can get Duke plus 220. North Carolina, who is fucking really good. They got that Wait, point is, guard with the fro. Is this the my bookie ad, or is this our conversation about the uh... – well, this is intermixed with both. We'll okay. get into that. This is still the ad. Okay. UNC plus 725, but you can get on the futures. You can obviously bet on games. My bookie has it. You can bet on brackets. So like the east, west, you know, south, whatever. You can just bet on regions, which gets a little dicey because if you like the chalk, I mean, some of these one-two matchups, guy, are really hard uh, with like Duke playing Michigan State. I think North Carolina will play Michigan uh, you just got a lot of good – Kentucky would play Gonzaga, I think. You just got some intense matchups. So get your gamble on. You get 50% uh, bonus when you have your initial deposit when you do promo code HAM1. Kentucky would play North Carolina. Gonzaga and Michigan are in the same region. Um, so Duke-Michigan State. So Duke-Michigan State, yeah. Do you know uh, my, my favorite, though, matchup of all time is – Rick Bettino's kid against Louisville. How does it get any better? Than it's that? fantastic. It, I mean, it's fantastic. That and the Murray State Marquette first round matchup. Marcus Howard, John Morant. What's, cool what's the big deal? Like uh, one of them's like Russell Westbrook, right? The Murray State kid. I've heard c- compared. Like, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a lottery pick. And who's the other guy? That's Marcus Murray. Howard's like they're both player of the year candidates. Marcus Howard, whatever, scored forty points, however many, like a ton of times this year. Yeah. That's a big time matchup. All right, let's get into it, John. Let's let's talk about it. And, and all these lines that you uh, that we'll talk about here in this NCAA tournament conversation, uh, you can find at mybookie.ag. I will tell you, last week Pac-12 tournament, uh, every meaningful game that I was asked to pick by a buddy who was uh, gambling heavy money on the tournament, I nailed. Um, I when liked, you say heavy money, like per game? Yeah, like the lowest bet was five hundred. And I think a couple grand on the oh, – I mean, do you consider that heavy? A couple grand on the semifinal was what I considered the heavy money. On a game? On a game, yeah. Did he win it? Yeah, because I told him to take uh, Oregon over ASU and uh, UW over Colorado. Um, I thought or, Oregon, I think – I might be wrong about this. I don't know if you can check that. I think Oregon was favored – I don't. I think they're favored in the championship game, but I think they're favored every step of the way. Like, who, who are they playing round one? So this is an interesting game. They're playing Wisconsin. It's a twelve-five. And Oregon's hot right now, right? And Oregon's on fire. And I've gotten some 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 um, very... best coach in the Pac-12. It's tough. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame. He's gonna should be a Hall of Fame coach. It's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, his teams get better every year in March. And, he, and he's missed his best player all season, right? Yeah. I already, I already like Oregon in this game. They're favored. I don't think it's a great matchup for him. Wait, you're saying Wisconsin. Oregon's favored as 12. So that's what I'm asking you. Go, go. Uh, that's what I've heard. I have not had a chance to check yet this morning. Are you looking at it there? Uh, um, I think yeah, the. I, I'm guessing the public. I'm guessing people are betting Oregon. Um, I don't think it's a great matchup for him with Wisconsin, but 
what's good about it for them is it is in San Jose, John. And as you know, a lot of Oregon fans. Fuck yeah. In in uh, in the Bay Area, so that's one game that jumps out. You mentioned. Yeah, they're they're getting plus one. Jesus. Hey, what what? Here's the game I really want to know, because it it comes up. We should talk about this one now because it's going to happen. Actually, I guess it'll happen on. We'll do a pod before, but Wednesday, ASU St. John's. I really like ASU in that game. Um, what do you see there? Uh, St. John's getting a point. Okay, I like ASU. Um, but we won't do upset specials. We'll go big pictures here. I think there's seven teams that can win the title. So you you wanted to go through the uh, the championship odds. What, yeah. what are the champion? Rattle them off. Well, uh, obviously the the heavy favorite <laughs> to win the whole thing yeah. with Zion back is Duke. Okay, they're about two two to one, a little over two to one. And then there's kind of this group of three teams. You know what's the ACC got three number one seeds. Yeah. The, and you watch the tournament, it's like, Jesus Christ, these teams are fucking good. Like, I watched Florida State, they're pretty damn good. You got Duke, pl- two to one. Then you got the clump of Gonzaga, six to one, Virginia, Virginia, 6.5 to one, and North Carolina, a little over seven to one. And then everything past that is, you know, Michigan thirteen to one, Don't like Kentucky that. twelve to one, Michigan State twelve to one, Tennessee like thirteen to one. So that's and then it kind of drops off. What's um? Uh, I don't think Michigan's going to win the title. You um, wouldn't put them in your top eight teams though. Uh, well, I think there's I've got like seven that I think can win the championship. Hey, what what's your seven? So I think it's Duke and Mich- and Michigan State. Those are the one and the two seeds uh, in the East. I think it's Gonzaga out of the West. I think it's North Carolina and uh, Kentucky out of the Midwest. And I think it's Virginia and Tennessee um, out of the South. So it's all one and two seeds. It's almost all the one and two seeds except Michigan. Yeah, I- I'm with I'm with you. I mean, there are to me like watching Florida State a little bit. They're yep. just so long. They got athletes. That's they could call. upset. That's a good call. What are their odds? Uh, they are basically 30 to 1. And here's the thing about them. Like let's just focus on them for a second. So, they're like in the elite athletes, guy. Yeah, and they're in the West and they played in the ACC. Um and in the West they've got Michigan, which I don't think it's a great matchup for Michigan. Um they've got Texas Tech who is really good. There, I think I think you're going to see a lot of people taking Texas Tech out of that number one defense in the country. Um, and don't they have a stud score too? Like a pretty good like player of the year type. Yeah, guy? they do. Um, and uh, and you know Gonzaga is the one, but I think a lot of people and I and I again I really like Gonzaga. They got Killian Tilly back, the six ten guy in the WCC tournament. Um, uh, but yeah, I I think. Florida State's going to be an interesting pick. I think a few people are going to pick. They're the four seed, at least to get to the final four. To me, there's a big difference, right, between can you get to the final four and can you win the national championship? Because I was having this conversation with Eddie House today, and he's like, because he, he thinks Name Texas drop. Tech can win the national championship. And Eddie is super smart, so I trust it. He's, he's pretty locked in on college basketball. Does so. he live in Texas, or he just watched them a bunch? No, he watches everybody. He lives in Arizona. His kid's head yeah. to ASU next year. Watch for gotcha. Jalen House. Played for uh, Mike Bibby. Point, point guard? Mountain. I think so. Uh, but my thing is, like, there's a di- – like, getting – Like, a, like, not a, like a, not a walk – like a scholarship guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So his kid can play. So we interviewed Mike Hopkins, the coach at Washington today on the show. And yeah. Mike Hopkins ended the interview with Eddie. Your kid is nice, man. Your kid is nice. Did he try to get him? And I was like, wait a second. Has he signed yet? Or is he still recruiting the dad right now? And he said, no, he's already, he signed in the early signing period. So he's, he's already penned. So Eddie's, Eddie's kid can play. Yeah. Um, but to me, like beating Duke and then beating whatever North Carolina or beating Michigan state and then beating Kentucky or beating Virginia. Like that's a whole other animal, right? Yeah. So that's why I draw the line. There's a bunch of teams I think can get to the, the final four. I'll tell you one team, John, that a lot of basketball people have sneaky been like in the last 24 hours, like the, the, the hoop heads that really watch a lot of basketball, Auburn, Iowa state. Yeah. Um, Iowa state is, uh, I think, are they a six? Sorry. I'm looking at my bracket as I'm talking off mic here. They are a, uh, I think they're in the Midwest. Let me find them. Yeah, there are six. The Midwest is rough because yeah. that's Carolina, that's Kentucky, that's Houston, who a couple weeks ago people thought could be a one seed, maybe. Kansas, meh. But Auburn, a five. I don't hate New Mexico. Well, I'll hold my upset picks. Um, but anyway, I think there's seven teams. Seven teams. Well, I, I think when you're picking, because I was thinking, like, should I just put a huge bet on Duke? To me, the two best, quote-unquote, teams – just best teams. I think North Carolina, who beat Duke twice and then lost by one with Zion coming back, is a better team. To me, North Carolina and Gonzaga are the best teams, just as a whole. Experience, coach, teams. I think Virginia belongs in that. But. See, I, I my problem with Virginia guy, again, I helicopter in, but you see why they struggle in the tournament. Like They don't have the blue chip guys. They're kind of all coaching, all heart, all toughness. Now, they're clearly better than that. They won the ACC. But I just – like, I watched North Carolina, and Roy, it feels like these last five or six years, kind of went the opposite of Coach K. Like, less one and dones, more guys he's going to have for – more kind of like Gonzaga. But they're still getting a higher-end guy, and they're fucking good. Like, I just – they are a better team to me than Duke. Now, Duke's high-end is just stupid. It's in fucking credible. And their best player plays hard as shit. You know, RJ and Reddish kind of can loaf. But Zion is just a machine. Now, I I tweeted out, like, why shouldn't I place a huge bet? And some people were tweeting back, just random fans. Like, they're one downfall. They're not a great shooting team. Like, Cam Reddish can shoot. RJ yeah. can get hot. No. But, like, are Gonzaga and North Carolina the bets here? You know, now hasn't UNC won like two titles in the last five years? Like, are they going to win three? It's funny they get forgotten about though. Like I, that works in their favor, not against them. In my that, that point guard they have with the fro is a baller. He's good. So and May, who's been there forever, how good is Gonzaga? That's my question. I think they're really good. Like to me, Gonzaga is stacked. And now they got Tilly back, who's six ten. He only played in a handful of games. He got hurt last year before the Sweet Sixteen. But they've been in the Sweet 16 four straight years now. Yeah, don't they Don't they have the monkey off their back now? They're not fighting this perception like... Yeah, they played the national stuff. championship. And <laughs> Tilly, when he was healthy... Twice, six, right? John, John, he's a 48% three-point shooter last year. He's at 6'10". And he's, he makes him deeper. But I, I will just one... I want to go back to Virginia for a second because they do have a pro. And he was hurt last year. Remember? I think, what, he break his hand or something? DeAndre Hunter? Like, he's a the top 10 pick. beat him. Yeah. Like this guy is a he's six seven he's a sophomore I mean he's he might be a top ten pick top five pick I, I guess my problem was guy I get what you're saying though they're just not athletically I, top well, to bottom like I just teams. watched them against Florida State in the semis that would have been Friday 
And again, it's Florida State is what? Like a three seed or a four seed? Like they are fucking good. But they have athletes and they looked on a completely different level than Virginia. And that's where I'm saying back to what we originally talked about is the great part about the tourney is all of a sudden you'll see, you know, uh, I'll just pick up a random team like St. Louis or Temple or, you know, Vermont. And they'll be playing a Virginia in the second round or whatever. And you'll just be like, Jesus Christ, it looks like athletically these teams are even. And that's where we never see that in football, right? Like you would never get Georgia playing a Fresno State or whatever, and it feel equal. But in basketball, by the, usually once you get out of the first round for a one or two seed, I'll even throw that away last year. That was a freak deal, right? US, UMBC beating them. But by the time you get to the second round, if you're a two, you're like playing a seven, and sometimes like, damn, Temple ain't bad. And then you're tied at half, and just the eye test, because I saw someone tweeted out a year ago today, CJ, or a year ago, you know, Seven years ago today or whatever, C.J. McCollum was going off. And he was at Lehigh, and they were playing – they upset Duke or whatever. And you're like, Jesus Christ, C.J. McCollum. And then it turns out C.J. McCollum should have been the best player on the floor. Yeah. But that happens sometimes. Right. That, that's where I just get nervous with Virginia, who kind of hangs their hat on, like, being the 85 Bears of basketball, where these other teams just score. And, again, I'm not Jay Billis here. I just – the Florida State thing was like, yeah, I'm not betting on them. Right. Now, again, Florida State has, it felt like, seven guys that are 6'9 that can all, like, throw hoops. They would be a fun team. If you were, if Guy and John were Florida State students, like, I would have a lot of fun watching them play basketball. <laughs> like, I would ta- I would go to games, you know? Clearly, that guy, forget his name, but he's a ball guy. I, I like that coach. Oh, do, do you know, um... Uh, What's his name? I wanted to say, uh... I just like him. I think he's a good coach. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, uh, it'll come to me in a second. Do you know how old he is? That's one of the great stories of college basketball. Was he like 80? Yeah, basically. Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Lee, uh, Leonard Hamilton. Yeah. Leonard Hamilton, yeah. Remember, you, know what they, you know what they say. Well, you remember he's the one last year that uh, had the issue, the post-game interview. He what, snapped. Yeah, with um, what's her name? Names aren't coming to me right now, obviously. Leonard 70. Maria? No. Uh, from CBS. Oh, yeah, yeah. He snapped in the, on the uh, – was that during the tournament? Yeah. Or was it – it might have been the ACC tournament. No, I think it was the tournament. Like, yeah, they got upset. Uh, oh, yeah, it wouldn't have been the ACC tournament because it was the CBS report. Uh, what's yeah, it? no, uh, it was the, the tournament. They, they got upset in, like, the first or second round. Uh, they were, Dana, they Dana, were, Dana Jacobson. They have the dude that's on uh, the Orlando Magic right now. They had Isaac or whatever, and a lot of these guys that are on this team. Like, they were like a two or three seed. So they were down four with 11 seconds to play and didn't foul. That's what it was. And she was like, what, you guys just gave up? He snapped. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yeah, Leonard Hamilton. So, um, what's – give me a – read me a couple of the the teams after – you, the last one you read was Tennessee at twelve to one. Give me a few. Well, I, I think like you, you see these two names: Kansas is fifty to one, Nova thirty to one, yeah. Marquette ninety to one, Buffalo. I think they're pretty good. Buffalo, Eighty to one. Yeah, but see, Buffalo is probably better. I think Buffalo is better than a six seed. Remember, they were a thirteen last year. They beat Arizona. You know, one game, one matchup that makes me a little nervous. Is do does Gonzaga play Syracuse in the second round? Yeah, 
Like Syracuse ain't bad, guy. No, the good news. At least Gonzaga played Washington this year, so they at least to see they have seen the zone this year, and they beat them. It was tight, though. Yeah, I well, think that was the one thing Mark Few was saying last night. And this is where you clearly they're, they're on a different level. Like he's like, well, the one thing we feel pretty good is we've played Duke, we played North Carolina, we played Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> we play all the big boys. Beat now. Duke. Yeah, and I think they beat Tennessee. No, they lost to Tennessee. And they lost to North Carolina. Yeah, but they played somebody else. Uh, who was it? They, they, play- they played like five teams in the top 15. They, uh, you just These guys don't fuck around. Oh, yeah. Well, they also scheduled Arizona. You know, I mean, you thought that'd be – when you schedule yeah. that game, you think they're going to do get, it. Like, they clearly schedule everyone now. Like, they will play anyone, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Very, very Bulldog football-esque. They're just a little better than Bulldog football. Uh, let's see. Any other uh... – yeah, I, I, do you um, think right? What's do you think right? Do you think right now, guy Duke wins the tournament? Um, and if they do, did he just have the greatest season in the history of a one and done? Yeah, like I do think they win the tournament. That's not. I'm not going to be surprised if they don't, just because it's hard to win the tournament. But I do think they win the tournament. Um, and I think it's a great example of, you know, everyone wants the one and done out of basketball for the players. Obviously, it's an NBA thing, not an NCAA thing. But this idea that, hey, if you just take the top 20 players out of college basketball because now they're not college basketball players, they're, they're in the NBA draft, that'll be fine. There will be a new best player and the brands and the coaches and all that. Like, no. this is If you love this, like, selfishly, I like the one and done for this reason, right? There's other reasons I don't like it. But I like it for this reason because Zion Williamson has to come to college and we're all better off for it. Like, the sport is better off for it. So that's why when it's like, oh, it's not us, it's the NBA. But please, NBA, don't eliminate the one and done. We love it. Like, if Zion was in the NBA right now, would it, would people be as fired up about this tournament? No, they wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I think I, he is as must must watch of a player. And then you hear him talk and the, him coming back. How do you not root for this guy? I would say he's the most interesting basketball player, including NBA players, right now. I think you could argue that easily. He he is he is box office, and he stands for everything that's right. Like Twitter wanted him to quit, he refused to quit. He called all those guys idiots. Not only did he come back in the tournament, he led them to a conference tournament championship, and he played his ass off. Like he just plays so hard. I everyone keeps comping him. I I, I think he's just kind of unique because yeah. he's not LeBron because he's a big and he's not Shaq or anything because he's shorter. But I watched some Grandma Ma highlights. He's a better player than Grandma Ma was. You know, I, they're just Grandma Ma wasn't on his level. Not take anything away from Grandma Ma. He went number one overall in like ninety one or whatever. Like he was a big time. Let us team national. He was also in college a couple years. This guy's. Has there been a player in the one and done era that has been more hyped? Now it's a little skewed because social media has really been big the last four or five years, so it's a smaller sample size. But I, I I was getting Instagram videos of this guy dunking at like fifteen, sixteen years old. Like I knew who he was. And, I mean, clearly, if you're just on social media and you follow sports, everyone kind of knew who this guy was because he was such a big deal just on the highlights. He came into college. He then more than lived up to the hype, was just sweeter than everyone thought. 
And then the shoe thing took him to another level. Then he came back, and then you just hear him talk, and you just kind of follow him. You're like, God, this guy's so likable. The one thing that makes me nervous about him, like, once he gets to the NBA, is he going to be angry like everyone else? Unhappy? Yeah, just, you know, just it's, a business, it's a business. And... Um, you know, the guy that comes to mind is Mello. Like, that's you talk about a successful freshman, one-and-done guy. Mellow. He's the he's the greatest. One and done, national championship, number one high school recruit. Now, the problem looking back as you go, and this may happen to Zion in 15 years, is that Mello then was in a draft with Dwayne Wade, better player, and LeBron, way better player. So it's like, will that like will we look back in 10 years, Zion wasn't the best player in his draft? It doesn't feel that well, way. Well, but see, I, but what was different about that was there was no question who the best player in that draft. Like, LeBron was going number one in that draft. And right? he just couldn't go to college. Yeah. I, but I just mean, like, I don't think it – I don't think Melo not being the best player in that draft affects the way we look at Melo because the other two guys are Hall of Famers, you know? Like if Zion isn't the best player in this draft, but R.J. Barrett is like a three, a two-time champion and a Hall of Famer, then that doesn't reflect negatively on Zion. If he's also really good, I agree. Melo was in, had an awesome NBA career. The good thing about Zion is more than likely, like one thing that Melo's going to get knocked for is like, ah, he just kind of lacks days ago. Right, right. You know that that shouldn't be a knock on Zion if he just continues to play the way he plays. I just know this once. Once you get past Thursday and Friday for the one seeds, it gets really fun watching the one seeds. Because by the time you get to the second round, a 1-8, a 1-9 is a pretty good game, right? You're just getting Gonzaga-Syracuse. Like, that's Duke who – I don't even know who Duke's eight seed is, but who is it? Do you have the bracket in front of you? Well, yeah, VCU or UCF. With UCF, that'd be um... – That guy that's like eight feet? Yeah, Taco Fall. He's 7'7", <laughs> seven, seven, 300 pounds. What's his name? Taco – T A C K O, like the uh, taco place in the marina. Fall. Yeah. That taco place in the marina is pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> you ever um, get the burrito? Do I ever get the burrito? John, the <laughs> thing about that place is they give you like a pound of chicken when you it's, get the it's, burrito. It, it, it fills you up protein wise. Yeah, it's it's a meal. Um, and it's Johnny Dawkins who played at Duke, you know. Uh, and Johnny Dawkins coached coach where? UCF? At UCF, yeah. So you, when Stanford fired him, he went right to UCF? Correct. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good knowledge. Uh, and then, the you know, I think Utah State, now they, they got to beat, that's an 8-9 game with Washington. Uh, but that's, the winner of that game is North Carolina's second round. Who does Nevada have? Nevada has Florida. That's a, that's a great, that's a really good game. Did you see the end of the Florida-Auburn game in the SEC tournament? Uh, Florida kind of got screwed. People were freaking out on Twitter. I know so, that. like, this is a great example of, you know, when college teams don't foul up by three. And I think part of the reason is because coach, like I don't think people realize quite how sometimes, sometimes not all the time, how little coaches trust their players. Yeah. So Auburn is up. They go to foul Florida. They foul the guy as he's shooting. It just doesn't get called. Like he starts getting the ball up. Up how many? I think three. Okay. So they go to. So they foul. wanted to foul before he shot a three. So they go to foul, try to get him on the floor, but he like quick. He realizes it's happening and like throws it up. So because he did that, it was an awful shot because he really wasn't shooting it. But it was – you know what I mean? But he was just throwing it he up was there. Shooting. He yeah. was shooting. And they didn't call it. Like, they just got hosed. He got fouled so they by just, like two guys. So they just called, like, a foul on the court, non-shooting foul. They didn't call a foul at all. They didn't blow the whistle. Like, that so was the, the crazy part. That's how the game ended? 
Where I think Auburn then came down, maybe made a free throw or something. But did Florida lose it? Yeah, Florida lost. Tell me this: what's the what's the head coach's name in Florida? Kevin White. Mike. White. Mike. Kevin White's his dad. Kevin White, his dad, leads the committee for the tournament. No, the he guy? used to, uh, but he's the AD at Duke. The well, lead of the committee is Bernard Muir, who's the AD at Stanford. Is Kevin White not a part of the committee anymore? I'm not the- sure, but he, I think he. I saw him interviewed last night on CBS. Really, Kevin White? The dad. Okay. But I, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's the dad. Well, kind it of, is. If you saw Kevin White, that's Mike White's dad, yeah. Yeah, and Danny White's dad, who's the AD at UCF, UCF right? Yeah, right. Mike's brother. Yeah. I don't. I didn't know he was still on the committee. I thought he had. Maybe he's their like committee expert or something. Well, to me, Auburn, like Florida State, is a team that if you look up and Auburn's in the Sweet Sixteen, don't be shocked. No, I mean they were preseason nine. I think like they were a team at the beginning of the year that people thought were going to be a Final Four team. I, th- I think I saw a stat like. They had been to the tournament one time in 20 years, and now this is going to be Bruce Pearl's third time in four years or something. Like, it's – there's a reason. A, they're good. Houston, Kelvin Sampson, that's another one. Houston back-to-back tournaments. I, I love in college basketball a good redemption story. Like, someone that just gets popped for doing something is like, his career is over. And then, well, if the guy's a good coach, guess what? Five years later, he's going to be out of school leading them to the tournament. It really says a lot about Rick Pitino that he's not a coach. In college basketball. Well, it was it's fresh. It just happened last year. And two, it was pretty crazy. Like his allegations, Samson's were he was just texting someone, right? He just texted a guy, I want you to be at the school. I want you, I want you, I want you, and you just weren't allowed to text. It wasn't that nuts. Patino's allegations were they were paying for hookers to fuck the players to get them to commit. Like that to me, that's even jumping the shark on like money. It's like damn. Again, but it, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not that crazy. I'm sure it's happened before. Like part of uh, what was Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttleworth, in the movie, he went on a recruiting visit and had threesomes. That's right. I, remember, I remember being in high school or like junior high, like seeing boobs. That was what used to be a big deal well before porn was all over the internet. That's what somebody was making the point the other day. Like, Chappelle show, like, Chappelle exposed R. Kelly a long time ago. Just no one was paying attention. Yeah. Did you know I was watching it uh, last week, Chappelle show? Did you know it's actually it's Chappelle's show that there's an apostrophe S? I've been calling it Chappelle's show my whole life. Me but too. I, I didn't I think know. It's Chappelle's show. I did not know that. Yeah. So move forward with that. All right. Uh, so pro- promo code Ham One. Get your gamble on. I can't. I love gambling on the tournament. There you go. All right. I think we need to do like a, it's like a, a, a Niners didn't get. Odell Beckham post-mortem because there have been some details that have come out over the weekend about what the Niners offered, what the Niners didn't offer. We talked about it. You'd said uh, that you'd heard the Niners had a better offer than the one that the Browns uh, ultimately gave when they gave number 17. But um, Peter King wrote about this uh, today in his um, FMILA. Jake Glazer said the other day (laughs) the Niners were not going to offer the number two pick straight up. And it sounds like from what you were telling me, a pick swap was not going to do it for the Giants. We talked, the last time we talked about Odell before the trade happened was the Niners should offer a two uh, or their number two overall without getting number six back. Uh, that would have got the deal done, but it sounds like they did not do that. Well, what, what was a better deal? Two straight up for Odell Beckham or 17 pick 90 or whatever in Jabril Peppers. When I say that to Guy Hammer, what what would you rather have? 
I'd rather have two straight up, knowing it's going to be a blue chip prospect. I I don't know where Gettleman was talking this morning, but he was talking. I think he did an inter- like a radio interview, right? Be, yeah, because I, it makes sense why he do an interview. They're, he's getting eviscerated, so you kind of have to put it out there. And he kept saying like, you got to trust the process, follow the process, trust the pro. You got to trust me, right? Because right now the Giants fan think like, what the fuck? Are are you kidding me? You gave us this. And one thing he told Peter King, or maybe John Dorsey told him, whoever, the sources were saying, he was adamant that he needed Jabril Peppers. So Peter's like, you know, I haven't watched that much Jabril Peppers. So he just asked some NFL like GMs and coaches. And they're like, yeah, Jabril's fine. But he's not like – we don't think he's that – like he's not an integral part of a trade. But part of them getting Odell Beckham is they had to have Jabril Peppers in the deal. I don't know if think Gettleman knows what he's doing, one. And two – I get the Niners not putting two on the table. Like, that's a tough thing to do. But, look, I would have. Now, one thing's clear. I don't know if they just would have accepted that. They would have wanted more. I'm with you. I think number two overall is just way better than 17, the third-round pick, and Jabril Peppers. I really don't even think it's close. And I also think they'd get a lot less shit from their fans if they did that. Because then you could always trade back two to, like, eight and get a packet. You know, you could always do more. I think one thing that's clear, and uh, reiterating something that I said that you said already, was the pick swap was just going to be, that's how you get yourself in the position the Raiders were in, right, to your point, uh, on the Khalil Mack. Like, you, if you're going to trade Odell, you just, you've got to have somebody on the field to show for it this year, other than Jabril Peppers. Like, you've got to have your next sweet draft pick on the field right now. Well, it's why a future one doesn't mean as much to them. I mean, clearly, they didn't get one, right? They didn't get a future one. Right, like the Niners next year's one and this year's two. Well, my guess what their offer offer might have been would have been like pick 36 and next year's one. Yeah, and like Eric Armstead or Kwaski Tarp. They want want Buckner. I saw there was one of those reports. Well, the one thing, yeah, one thing Peter King said that they they like Jabril a lot more than Kwaski. But let's so let's say I'll give you pick thirty six next year's one in Kwaski, like that to me that's the type of offer that the Niners feels probably just competitive. You could I would imagine there are people in the NFL that like Kwaski more than Jabril Peppers. So I number two was not on the table to me. Now the information is coming out if it wasn't a swap, and I get if you're the Giants, like yeah, I'm not swapping picks with you. And I give them credit if there, it was Peter that wrote if they wanted DeForest. It's smart. It tells you something about him, but you're not getting him in a number one pick. Yeah, but also if you're the Niners, you're like, well, it's not like you got fucking Miles Garrett from them. I'm going to give you DeForest Buckner, and I'm going to give you one pick? Or what? I'm giving uh, – if I just give you number two, yeah, you don't get DeForest. Which I would have said, okay, fine. Thank would you. you. Would you have done if this? the Giants. Would you have done this, 36 and DeForest straight up for Odell? I mean, I really like DeForest. Now yeah, you, he's a really good player. Now you can make the case, well, number two, you'll just draft his replacement, right? Which is kind of the the, the Khalil Mack thinking. Like, we'll trade him, but we're just going to get a pick and we'll use that pick to get his replacement. Well, they, the problem is they thought with Khalil Mack, and this is the problem with future ones, unlike present ones right now, I know what the pick is. With Khalil, it's like, yeah, I think the Bears are going to suck. Well, then you get pick 23. You're like, in a million years, you wouldn't have traded 23 for Khalil Mack, right? Or let's say that it's 23 this year, 
let's say it's 25 next year, you never would have traded those two picks. For, you, you would have assumed that those are a lot better picks. That's where I think the Giants fan, and I get this, like the best asset we got in this trade was pick 17? 17 for Odell Beckham? 17? That that one, Dave, you knew where their pick was. I get like betting on them sucking or whatever. It's a risky bet. But you, 17? I struggle with 17. Now, again, that's the, the Browns didn't have anything else. That's their pick. That's, this is our first rounder. Would the Browns have given them, let's say the Browns were drafting seven. Would they have given seven? I'd imagine probably, but it's so easy to part with 17 if you're them for Odell. It's the easiest trade Dorsey will ever make. I know. So should the Niners have, I mean, part of this is should the Niners have forced number two in their face? Would they have taken it? If uh, that's- I, I, would, I would have done two straight up, nothing else. Like, because the number two thing is powerful in, by, in a vacuum. But are we sure that Gettleman would have taken it? It's- no, I don't think he would have. Though I think from a PR standpoint, from a big picture football standpoint, I think if they would have get like number two in Kwaski, let's just say that because he needed a, he wanted a strong safety because they had let Landon Collins go. I think he would have gotten a lot less shit for number two in Kwaski than he's getting for seventeen. This meaningless pick in the nineties and Jabril Peppers, which one risky thing he's doing right now is he's staking some of his football acumen and just why he has the job on Jabril Peppers. So there is a huge now elephant in the room pressure on Jabril Peppers. Like, you got to be good. Because every time Jabril Peppers, remember when Reggie McKenzie said, I would have taken him at three, DJ Hayden? Yeah. That added a pressure to DJ, unlike if he just would have been like, yeah, we like DJ Hayden. That's why we thought we'd get him at 12 and we traded down to get him. But when you say we had to have that, we think this guy's a stud, what's well, a double whammy now? You better get a good player at 17, and Jabril Peppers better be a pretty good fucking player. Right. That's the element of this, that it's like he's going to be compared to Odell Beckham. Well, look, there is an element, though, where if Jabril Peppers is a pro bowler and at 17 they nail the pick and Odell plays 10 games next year, like, there's not no path to this being a win for the Giants. What if they end up with, let's say, they trade our second-round pick for Rosen, they get Rashawn Gary, who's really good, and then at 17 they draft Nikhil Harry or whatever, and he's just rookie of the year type uh, wide receiver. And Jabril Pepper's a solid starter. Maybe Gettleman doesn't look like an idiot. I think he's an idiot, and I think their coaching staff's not good enough is the problem. You're saying you, you're giving him the opportunity to um, not actually be all in on Eli like it seems like he is? Well, it, I mean, is Josh Rosen going to get traded? Because every day we move away from the start of the league year, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, look. You think it's going to happen on draft night if it happens? I mean, until we get to the draft, I can't give up on until they, Until we get to the first pick and they don't take Kyler Murray, I can't give up on it happening. Maybe what, do the, what do the Niners do if they take Nick Bosa at number one? Do they try to trade two for someone that wants Kyler Murray? Yeah, to the Raiders. Would you do two to four for pick thirty-five? No, dude, you're getting your you're getting your franchise quarterback. Give me more. You're good. Like, here's what I know. If I say no to that offer, I'm getting a better offer. Like, if you think he's your franchise quarterback, 
So you think you're getting one of those ones? Now, the thing that happens is then you pick up the phone and go, okay, well, we don't think you're taking them, so we'll call the team at number three. Because how much time? Was it five minutes? Ten well, minutes? Five what minutes. you do is like, okay, we're going to trade him to Miami. Five minutes, right? Or ten minutes? Yeah, uh, you get ten in the first round. Okay, that, that makes it fun. But we're going to trade him to Miami or Washington. Like, yeah, I, I, think you can get, I think you could do better than a swap in 35. Well, so then you think you can get 27. Yeah, I think you, you should get a standalone one, either that's this year's or next year's, plus a two. To me, you think it's I too think much? You, Twenty, like if I well, said, no, they when they went from two to three, they got a second and a third, and then a next year's third. So yeah, I think we'll do the swap, and you give us pick twenty-seven. Because, because to would me, you the do cons- that deal, right? Would you do that deal? The swap in twenty-seven. Yeah, for four and twenty-seven. I want a second yeah. also. Guy, I mean, how much can you ask for? Well, I, I don't think there's a limit when you're getting your when I there's one thing when I think you're getting a player you you're like when I think two spots when I know you think you're getting your franchise quarterback like he could be twenty spots away if you don't get him you might as well have been the moon away like you, you might as well not had a pick in the in the top fifty if you don't get him you don't so get you him think you get twenty seven and thirty five for two to four well it could be next year's two but they yeah. don't have one swap okay all right well then yes I think it's reasonable if I if I know you think you're getting your franchise quarterback then I've got you over the coals especially if i got multiple teams that want this kid. well that's the key right and there would be you'd imagine right i'd be like wait you're the team that traded a third for uh uh what's his name last year right martavis bryant i i don't know man like uh, and here's the thing if he is their franchise quarterback, then it's a good trade. Like that's what you tell yourself. I think. Well, the Ra- the Raiders the Raiders would be able to recoup a second pretty easily, right? With Derek, if they did trade for Kyler, because Derek wouldn't be on the team anymore, right? Right. right. Would it be pretty cold blooded if this yes. is even an option right now that Gruden is letting him go this far with Antonio? Yeah. Because they're kind of becoming BFFs. Like, would that be pretty fucked up? What's more fucked up? Letting Derek become BFFs with Antonio, or if the Cardinals know right now they're trading him, let Josh Rosen show up to everything all month of April and act like everything's normal. That one, because the Cardinals have the number one pick. And they could just do the deal right now. Well, Yeah, like even if Gruden would do it, he doesn't. It's out of his control. Yeah, he hasn't done it. He can't do it yet. He doesn't control the situation. The Cardinals letting Rosen come whenever they report, which is probably the next couple weeks, for just workouts. Because they need a camp arm. (laughs) If you know that you are trading them, is pretty fucked up. Especially if it's all just like, maybe we can get a, I don't know, an extra pick on draft day. Which, you could argue, like, that's their business. Why wouldn't they? I'm not, I wouldn't kill them for it. But it's just fucked up. Hey, 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 Coach. uh, If somehow the Kyler Murray ends up on the Raiders and Carr's gone... Like it, it, it could fuck up Derek. Like it, it I mean, he kind of got played, right? That would be very hurtful. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be very hurtful. Do you think they tell like Rosen, like, hey, Josh, you know, you could just don't, you don't need to take the playbook home, man. Don't, uh, don't even worry about it. Just leave it around. No, 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 no don't, no, don't, definitely don't photocopy it. I think a lot of these players, and I would imagine Derek is a little bit right now, is really naive to the potential conversations that are do, going on upstairs. Just again, like every situation is being played out, and you're negligent if you don't. Now, like you said, it just he doesn't control the situation. It might not even present itself, but it might. 
Well, let's talk about the happiness because I I think one thing that's been kind of I don't want to say unex it's it's it makes sense, but I don't think I quite expected to see this level of Antonio Brown Derek Carr bonding. I mean, Antonio went to Fresno to Bulldog Stadium to Derek's son's birthday party, ran through the obstacle course against Darren Carr. Uh, took Otto and the boys. Took Otto and the boy. I mean, road trip down the 99. Hopefully they went to Doghouse or something. I don't know if the Tedford show up, but... Um, That'd be a pretty big moment for Doghouse with Derek and Antonio walking in to get some sandwiches. They'd still be waiting around for a table. Is that a table? Are those people leaving? <laughs> those people leaving? Uh, anyone that's been to Doghouse knows how that goes. But, um, yeah, man, it just... I, I, I'm not surprised by it, but the difference between the Steelers and the Raiders is the, the Raiders quarterback wants to be Antonio Brown's friend. I also think that Antonio, Derek is good at this, right? It's one of his defining positive attributes as your, as your quarterback. He was like this in college, and he's been like this with the Raiders. He really makes an effort for his skill guys and his guys on offense, offensive linemen and his wide receivers. He's always was a an elite recruiter at Fresno State, and he's been damn good. Text someone on the staff. They're out to dinner. He's like, it's Gruden couldn't make it, but it was like Derek, Antonio, the offensive staff. It's just, you know, they are – Derek's good at this. He wants to bring people together. Fuck yeah, he does. And I think Antonio – the other thing that's clear, guy, is that Antonio doesn't just dislike Ben. He despises him, hates everything he stands for. And so you meet Derek, who is just a friendly guy. Like, one knock on Ben, he's kind of a dick. Like, that is not Derek's deal. So their relationship, I did not, I'm with you, I did not expect to see Antonio Brown at Bulldog Stadium with those guys at the kid's birthday party. But I would imagine Antonio was like, Derek's like, hey man, I'm having uh, my Dallas's third birthday at Fresno State. We're having bounce houses. Bring audio and the kids. Like that to I don't Antonio think it's Brown, I don't think it was Dallas. It was the younger one. Yeah, Dallas the older one, right? Yeah, the one they had at Fresno State. Okay, the younger whatever. I bet that meant a lot to Antonio. Do you think Big Ben's invited Antonio to anything? Like there, there were just some human dynamics into this. That Derek in his first forty eight hours around the guy is doing things that Ben never did to the guy, and I think Antonio would be like, "This motherfucker was so mean to me, and look how good I was for him." Derek, I, we haven't played together, and he's inviting me to birthdays. Decker, that was that's his son, Decker. Yeah, I mean, but it's it goes beyond it, right? It's not just that Ben wasn't as inclusive, didn't make as much of an effort as Derek. It's that it seems like he was actively difficult to be around. Like, forget about not being a plus. Like he was a he wasn't a non-zero or whatever. He was a negative. Like this whole thing about Ben intentionally fumbling to make Todd Haley look bad. What do you think? And you're viewing is outrageous. Of the- what do you think in your viewing of the video? First, once you learn of the accusations, you watch it once, yes or no? So on the first watch, my reaction is, no way. Like, no way. Like, no way, right? Come on, who, who would do this? It, now, there's less than two minutes left. It's a 10-point game. Um, and the more I watch it, the more I think, okay, I get the only way that's accidental is if Ben thinks it's a fullback dive. Because what Ben, for those of you who didn't see the video, the accusation from a former Steeler who put his name on it, John, which means that he knows that his other teammates think it too. Like, he's not yeah. out there on a limb. Is that he fumbled a ball on purpose. So it's I formation. He turns 
instead of handing it to the running back, as the fullback goes by, the ball hits off the fullback. Uh, like, how many times do you see that play? It only goes wrong when one of them goes the wrong way, right? Like, I, I, I'd be hard pressed him thinking to go to the fullback when they're in the huddle and they call the play. Yeah. So, but I'm he's, just saying, he's like, the fullback what, standing right next to him. I'm just imagining what could Ben possibly say, and that's the one. I don't even know what other excuse he could make other than he might throw the guy under the bus. He's like, yeah, fullback. Just he he's, he knows he he ran at a eight degree angle. He's supposed yeah. to run at a thirty degree angle. He was too tight to me. But, yeah, man, I think he did it. <laughs> I do, too. I, and that's crazy, John. John, that is insane. I think Ben has had a pretty rough week. Like, it's starting to look like this has not been in the, in the, in the week of Le'Veon and Antonio out of there. It's not like, oh, we, just, we got rid of our baggage. Like, it kind of feels like a big part of their baggage is still kind of there. Now— I think Steeler people would probably tell you, I got news for you. The quarterback's more fucking important than these other guys. That's just a fact. But Ben is – Ben makes Rodgers look like an elite teammate. Like he is – I'd struggle if I was a Steeler fan being super psyched for this year. Just like, oh, I'm, I'm tired of this guy. If yeah. I found out that was true, like if it comes out and he gives some stupid-ass response, here's the other thing. Like when Ethan Strauss wrote the article about Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant, you know, tried to emasculate him. Where, the, you notice the Warriors didn't mention shit about how Ethan was wrong because he wasn't. Like, are the Steelers or some of it, you know, some of these guys on the team going to come out and say that this guy's tell, not telling the truth? Because if it's crickets, crickets sometimes tell you all you need to know. Because I'll tell you one thing: you notice how the Warriors haven't leaked or even put out any statements about these crazy accusations about their players. They've been silent because it's all true. Just like the Steelers. Like, yeah, everyone's kind of silent here. Yeah. It, here's the other thing. Why haven't any players on the Steelers kind of taken some – they did take some shots at Le'Veon. But Le'Veon, this is more it felt like – Le'Veon was his own little business issue, and it was A.B. versus Ben. You notice how a lot of the Steelers haven't been like, you know, Antonio's just a piece of shit. We're glad – they haven't – it's kind of been silent. Do you think they've been secretly, like, Juju's been texting him, like, well, keep it I, up, I boy? some of these guys, I think Juju let out an Instagram a while back, like, this guy taught me everything. I, a lot of them yeah. have been complimentary. Yeah. Because, again, the one thing we always said is this this over-talk about, yeah, he practiced hard. We get that. But when you watch him, like, he plays really hard. So, like, you say what pra- players practice whatever – but if when the whistle blows on Sunday, if you give me everything you got, like I'm gonna respect you, regardless what you do Monday through Saturday, even though it might bother me if I'm a hard worker. And that was never really his issue, though he showed up late sometimes. But on on Sundays, like I'm getting this guy, I'm getting everything I got from him. He got I off think, the plane with his nutritionist saying he wants to be better than Jerry Rice. He wants to break Jerry Rice's records. Antonio. I think sometimes that those comments kind of come out, but. The last six years, if he can just maintain for like three or four more years, like he's... I got no problem with it. He ain't going away. He backs it up. So the two best receivers, or two of the best receivers in the NFL, arguably the two best receivers, got traded, John. The Niners didn't get either one of them. Uh, and these guys, like it's kind of crazy that these guys got traded when they're still really good players at the at the top of their game. How are the 49ers going to get one of these guys? Um, I don't like... Is there even... Like now, I don't even know who they would get. AJ Green. I, I mean, he's not one of those guys. Um, 
Last year, Brandon Cooks was traded for a one, but it was a late one. They don't have a late one. And I wouldn't have, would you have done that? Like, knowing, you know, now it worked out, but at the time it was like, oh, okay, well. It's kind of crazy. Uh, all the young guys, I mean, there's no one really that you'd be willing to mortgage a lot for that they trade you. Like, Michael Thomas, not on the block. Mike Evans, not on the block, right? Amari uh, the- was on the block. The difference is, though, how would the Niners trump that offer? Like, yeah. they couldn't have offered their one. That, that's what – you're in a shitty position. Like, you're in the best position when you're Cleveland because that one is so easy to trade when I think I can get a really good player. Jerry, you could argue, it was pretty bold when he did it because it looked like he was kind of headed for the top ten. Now, it ended up working out in their favor. You know what the craziest part about the Raiders draft guy is the Bears pick is before the Cowboys pick. We, you know, we thought like, oh, the Bears are going to win second, third round of the playoffs. They got bounced in the mm. round one. That pick is twenty three. The Cowboys pick is twenty seven. So I, I don't know how they get it. Like I, they're not giving up. If they wouldn't give up two for Odell, they're not giving up two for either one of these guys that are much older. To me, AJ Green should be cheaper. But I would trade pick sixty seven, but the Bengals wouldn't. I would not trade pick thirty six for AJ. I would trade pick thirty six for Julio, but the Falcons aren't going to do that. Would you do – they don't have a two next year. So, well, All right, here's a question for you, hypothetically. Would you trade – would the Falcons take 17 for Antonio? For Julio? Oh, sorry, Julio. I think they'd think about it, yes. So, like, if you could somehow take number two. If you if they were kind of going Belichick, like, we've got the best years, we're just going to kind of sell high, get a one, yeah. If you If you could take number two and make it into multiple firsts, Right, or you could take, let's say, Kyler, whatever. You get twenty-seven and four for two. Would twenty-seven get it done? It might not, but would twenty-seven? You know, I'm just trying to think of a com- a way you can get the pick you're talking about that mid to late that that seventeen to twenty-one first round pick. The value. See, I, I I think you could argue if they were able to do a trade back like that. Are you best to build through the draft and just try to draft one of these sweet receivers? Yeah, if you 20s? think if you think they're sweet, yes. If you if you look at Nikhil Harry and go, that guy, that's a sweet player. Like he's going to be a really good. He might not be Julio, but he's going to be a a. And if he's a number one receiver in my mind, then you don't have to be Julio. If you're going to be a number well, one, what if I, I what if I, what if I did this guy? What if I if I was able to do that trade back? I draft two receivers, one at the top of the second, and one with my late one. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm not opposed to it. You used the you used the second on a receiver last year too. Like in theory, that guy should be able to help you. More often than not, when you trade for guys that are over thirty, especially Julio and AJ, unlike Antonio, have battled injuries. Those guys get hurt a lot. Julio's battled a lot of little injuries over the years. AJ went on IR last year and has had injuries over the years. Like I don't love mortgaging a lot for those two guys, given that they're eight. Like. I would feel better about Antonio, given that he's very durable, he has not battled injuries, than those two guys that are more like blue-blue chippers. I mean, both of them at one point in time were top six picks. Like, you look back on that 2011 draft, I was actually there. I think they were like five and six, or five and seven, or whatever it was, four and six. It was crazy. Like, if the shittiest part about the Niners, if there was one of those two guys in this draft, you would just take them. Right. But there's not. Right. And that's why, like, when you say draft two receivers, it's like, well, are you drafting two receivers because both times you draft, they're the best player available or close? Or are you drafting two because you're like, well, you know, like, we only take hit two on sw- 50. Take two swings, yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I don't love you know if you, you don't like taking two swings. I don't love drafting two guys because I think the odds are one of them fails. Like that, <laughs> that I don't love that philosophy because that is basically what you're admitting if you did that. Yeah, especially because you just drafted a receiver in the second round last year too. Yeah, is he a good player though? I don't know. Like you can make the case he's not a number. Is he a number two receiver? Like who, who's a better player, Nikhil Harry or Dante Pettis? I think Nikhil Harry's a just a better individual talent. Yeah, I would agree, and I think the league's going to agree because he's going to be a, might be a first round pick. Well, I thought they draft. It felt like last year when they drafted Pettis, it was a little high. And then again, we had talked. We've talked about this weeks ago. His best fucking attribute is punt returning. He's got to return punts. If he ain't returning punts, uh, he ain't going to catch ninety balls. Let's let's get him back there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what he does. Punt return. Didn't he break the record? Let's do that. Yeah, Deshaun, touchdowns in a career. Peterson. Odell Beckham, those guys return punts. This guy can return punts. Now, they might tell you, well, we just didn't have any other receivers. We can't afford to get them hurt. Everybody's getting hurt. Yeah, so yeah. I get it. Well, that's why they fired everyone. Yeah. Not Parag, though. Keep him no. around. Pretty good day. The um, What you th- what'd you think, by the way, before we move on to the Warriors real quick? Just We're talking about maneuvering for a receiver. I mean, they, the one thing I would say with the Niners, I do think they understand the value of a dollar. They work it pretty well. Now, are they unique in that? Like, we, like everybody. I think there are a lot of parades around the league like now. Teams win more in NFL contracts than players win. But what the agents would tell you, right, is like, well, my guy won. He got, like, he's gotten millions of dollars, so we didn't lose. What Kwan get at signing? $14 million, right? What D Ford get at signing? Millions of dollars. These guys didn't get nothing. Yeah, I just I, I and when we interviewed Prague last year, he was very insecure. Is probably the wrong word, but just he hated he the notion. He hated the notion of thinking he was kicking everyone's ass. He didn't want to touch it. No, because that's not he's into win win. And I think he'd tell you that did we win the D four deal or did we just give him thirty million dollars of signing? Like how, how many humans you know get thirty million? You know, it's like we gave him a shitload of money, and this is a guy with multiple back surgeries, right? That's good uh, scouting by Haberman to find that out. I didn't even know he's had multiple back injuries. A little risky. Uh, trying to bring up that tweet. I know you quoted it. Oh, yeah. I got it here. I think it was. Um... So, D. Ford can basically be a one-year $20 million deal. I think he, they tell you, we still gave him $21 million. It's, like, it's almost playing on, the, it's playing on the tag. Yeah, but his tag was eleven. So we gave him playing on the court, playing on the tag. quarterback tag. Playing on the quarterback tag. Kwan got fourteen and a half. Tevin Coleman got three six. I think you look at D Ford and Kwan. I, I think Prague would tell you between two players, we just cut a check the other day for thirty five point five million dollars for two guys. That's a lot of money for two players with injury histories. You know, so it's not like we're not giving out. We didn't get him for three million dollars total. It's a lot right. of money. And I think he'd say for D Ford, we gave up a future second round pick. That's not nothing. So like the Chiefs did good. Or I mean D Ford did good. Cause I would say if D Ford is not on this team in a year, that's a disaster for the yeah. Niners. Yeah. Like, I agree. To me, Quan can, that could just be whatever. They swung for a guy that didn't work out. D Ford's gotta be on this team. Because for of the couple pick. Years. Because of the pick. And because of, like, you scouted him, you got him from one of the best teams in the league, they were selling. 
It was a big deal for you to get him. To me, yeah, less about the money and more about the pick. Uh, yeah, you're right. As you're talking, I'm thinking about our conversation on the pod with Parag last year. And it was, it, you said it, it he, wanted, his, he was adamant, win-win is what ultimately wins. Because if I don't do win-win deals, the people don't want to do deals with me. Well, think about this. D. Ford was about to sign a contract, and I think he had gone on record as saying he was okay playing on this, the contract. He didn't want to leave Kansas City. But that, that contract was $11 million, which for him, most amount of money he's ever made. Well, instead, he now gets $21 million. So how, if you're his agent, can you not say that he won? He did. And technically, like we just talked about, more than likely, at minimum, this is a two-year deal. Like the Niners aren't just going to cut bait because of what they gave up for him. So he'll probably see $35 million in two years, which he would not have for Kansas City. So I, I think they feel pretty good about it. If you're the, And Quan Alexander, I bet his people would say, he has a torn fucking ACL. He's got $14.5 million. If they would have franchised him in Tampa, he wouldn't have got that much money. I think that's where Parag would tell you, like, these guys are winning too. Nope. And I think it's more of a reflection of just the NFL, right? They just don't sign long-term deals. Yeah, exactly. That are, uh, that are guaranteed. Um, Kevin Durant's going to have a chance to sign a contract. Draymond Green talked to our old pal Sam Amick of The Athletic. You know, John Middlecoff is also of The Athletic. Three Not Podcast and The Athletic. And uh, Draymond talked to Sam Amick, and this is what he said about KD and the championship uh, and the team. He's part of it right now, Green said about Durant. Whatever happens this summer happens. Whatever the hell he do, he does. If he go, he go. If he stay, he stay. But while he's here, we're going to win another championship. It's that simple. Nothing else matters. Draymond also told Sam that people are just convincing themselves that the Warriors are beatable. Which I actually agree with Draymond on that. Um, but <laughs> what do you think of Draymond just saying like, yeah, if he's gone, he's gone. If he's here, he's here. But we're, we're trying to win a championship this year. To me, it's just he's kind of in Brit. He's gone. <clears throat> he's not going to be on this team next year. But we're going to win a championship this year. Watching the game on Saturday night, it's not really arguable for me. They, they are much more fun to watch without Kevin. Are they better? No. I mean, Kevin's the best player in the league. But they are more fun to watch. They, they feel a little bit like early Warriors. The ball movement, Steph and Clay, just the fucking rock stars. Draymond just doing Draymond. And they got this kind of cool added element now. Oh, damn, Boogie's on the squad? It's kind of fun. It kind of, you know, it fires them up. Well, the Bogus, the, and Bogus is going to be kind of fun here now. You Kerr said it. I just read he's going to play tonight because yeah, Boogie rolled his ankle or something. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, that'll be fun. I, it, but Kevin is Kevin back tonight? Or is he out still? Maybe he's still out. I think he's still uh, out. It's just know, more uh, fun to watch. Somebody else is out tonight. Is it Andre? Yeah, I think they were gonna. I saw Slater say that they do. They have a back to back. San Antonio, then Minnesota. They're probably gonna rest guys and like kind of stagger them. So I mean, Steph and Clay might be off tomorrow night. It may be a sneaky just giving Boogie a rest. You know, like he's rolled his ankle or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, it, it's it's coming to an end, and I, and I don't mind it. Like, yeah, they might not win, but they're going to be more, they're not fun to watch really with Kevin. And it shouldn't be the case because they're so good, but they're not. I don't find them that enjoyable. Uh, I, I think 
part of it too is you feel maybe you need him to be gone for you to feel like they're somewhat invincible, not invincible. I don't know if that's part of why you feel that way. Well, they just used to play with more of an edge and just yeah. it's hard when you've been dominating this long. I and again, when Steph is when Steph is your lead singer, I, I just enjoy watching it more. I, I agree with you there. I, I do think it'll it'll go down as a really impressive championship if they win it and then Kevin leaves. If they win it and then Kevin stays, it doesn't change what they did necessarily. But if he leaves, what it shows us is all the stuff that we've all been talking about was real. Like but you he, ad, you admit if it gets tweeted by Woj, Kevin Durant is re-signing a one-on-one with the Warriors, that'd be kind of holy shit at it, this point. Yeah, it'd be shocking. Now, I do think it's a tough spot if a team wins a championship and it's your third in a row to just walk away from it. But it's but, what... But the way we've been talking about this all year, like we were already assuming they were going to win the championship. I know, but but I I still think like from the outside, all this little stuff kind of gets ignored sometimes, right? A lot of times, what happens is we you don't hear a lot. A team doesn't win, and then you find out afterwards that there was a bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes when a team underachieves, right? But for this to be out in the open to the point that it is, for them to win it. If then everything gets validated, which is what him leaving would do, it would validate all the talk that we've had. And they still want it? Now, part of that would be his credit. Like, he's going to have to play well. Like, that's going to be pretty impressive, John. If this team basically goes Belichick, and it doesn't even matter what's happening in the locker room, they just go out and win. win. And that's what I take away from Draymond's thing, is like, at the end, all these guys want as many rings as possible. And if they put that above whatever drama or it may and it might not even be drama necessarily just all the talk all the distraction i'm going to be impressed by that because it's just this type of stuff usually affects the way a team plays i do think it's been an elephant in the room since day one so it's a little unique i just kind of felt like he wasn't going to come back i mean draymond snapped on him earlier this year right it's kind of a weird, unique situation. This is an, an out. Like when LeBron last year, the elephant in the room with LeBron was different because he was just on a different level. Where Steph, Clay, and Draymond, I think they maybe I don't know about Steph, but Clay and Draymond would say, "Yeah, he's a better player than me." But they they look at him like equals. Yeah, we're fucking. We were winning before this guy got here. I think that's what Draymond like literally said to him verbatim. He's like, we're not going to let you take us off track from a championship that we yeah. think we'd win anyway. Yeah. You're not dictating our terms. We won here without you, and we'll win again with you. Didn't I think that was Bob Myers' quote to him, right? Listen, man, we already won a championship. We're going to win it again, but we will win more with you. Yeah. I'm watching them against OKC thinking, now Boogie's a huge element. Like, that team with Boogie, they would win the championship. How about uh, how about Russell Russell's tech on Clay? <laughs> Did you think that Clay would have been justified to snap back on Yeah, he would have. He just ran at him and like tried to shoulder him. It was kind so bizarre. Up. Kind of messed up, man. Like to me, you could. I, I don't want to get overly sensitive, uh, but I, if you had tossed him for that, I wouldn't have been mad. Like I would have been like, okay, that doesn't seem inappropriate to throw him out of the game for that because it was kind of crazy. Did you see his post game video when they were asking him when about he was the drinking, text? when he was drinking? Yeah. Next question. Next question. He got. I was thinking about this real time. When is the last time a point guard? Got 16 decks and missed a game. A point guard. It happens with bigs. Has Chris Paul ever been? Has Chris Paul been close to that line? I or? don't. I don't think he's ever got suspended. No, for I any. don't think he has. I'm just trying to think if anybody's ever been close. How many guys in the league has had that happen? Draymond, Boogie. 
I mean, so the two nut jobs of the league. Like, he is their equal of nut job. I, I think he's crazy, guy. Speaking of crazy guys, I heard a great quote yesterday from John Thompson. You ever hear John Thompson talk? Did they make tournament? The dad. Uh, but Georgetown did make the tournament. Uh, wait, let me check. Uh, I haven't seen them. No, I don't, I don't think they did. Maybe I they're in the. I think that maybe they're in the NIT. Well, I'll take John Thompson ain't the coach because Patrick well, Ewing's not. their coach. Yeah, I mean, but neither John Thompson is the coach, but the dad. The dad, the big the, guy. The dad was interviewing um, the coach at Murray State where this guy John Morant, who's like Russell Westbrook, plays. Is he calling the game or something? No, he was doing just like a, a selection sh- Sunday show. Gotcha. And he just asked him about it, and the, the coach from Murray State was like, you know, when Josh showed up on campus, his dad gave me the keys to Ja. He said, I'm going to stay out of your way. Like, here's the keys to my son. He goes, and I turned around after the first practice, and I gave the keys to Ja. <laughs> like, basically, whatever you do, you do. And John Thompson goes, yeah, you know, when Allen Iverson showed up, he just, you know, he goes, I got Allen Iverson straight out of prison, and I wasn't going to put him back into jail. Legitimately out of prison. I got him straight out of prison, <laughs> and I wasn't going to put him back in jail. Is this guy a freshman on Murray State? Uh, I want to say he's a so- no, he's a sophomore because I think, I think he's a sophomore. How the hell did they get this kid? Well, you know, have you heard the story of him? No, I, I don't know much about him. Besides, he's good. The story is that he, um, like an academic non qualifier or something. No, like nobody wanted him. The story, it's kind of Steph-ish, is that. Is that one of the assistant coaches? I think was at a um, was at a uh, like AAU an AAU tournament. tournament, and John Morant wasn't even on the roster, like of all the main guys. And the coach went to get like a hot dog or something, and ended up in like a back gym, and that's where he saw like just some random game with some guys that weren't even on like the AAU printout. That's where he saw John Morant, which is crazy because lottery picks don't usually go that way. I think it happens in football a lot, right? How'd this guy end up at Washington? But, but this, thing, I don't, this is the hole in the story they don't quite get because he was he was on an AAU team at one point in time with Zion. So I don't quite get how he fell between the cracks like this. But that's, is he t- that's is the he story tall? that good Is he wrote. short? Yeah, uh, I think he's like 6'3". I mean, he's, so he's a, tall enough. Like he's he, not 5'11". No, John, I mean, he's got like, he's had some of the best dunks of the year in college basketball. Yeah, he can fly. Yes. I'm excited to watch this kid play then. And Marcus Howard, let me just look real quick since we're talking about it. I don't know how many 40-point games. Marcus Howard, I think, has had at least one 50-point game this year. Uh, let me see. For Marquette. But, like, it's a it's a, it's a a legit, like, first-round matchup of two teams that are just, like, that's the guy. Like, you... Well, I, I remember, like, our senior year in college. Your senior year, my fourth junior and a half year. You redshirted. You redshirted. Uh, redshirt, redshirt junior. Yeah, year. my, my redshirt junior year. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was first round was USC versus Texas. OJ Mayo, Kevin Durant. That was a really like. Sometimes in the tournament you get a game like that, which looking back, like OJ Mayo didn't amount to as much as what he should have been. But that was big time at the time. Like those were the two top recruits and Odin. So Marcus Howard has gone had a forty five. No, listen to this, John. So he had a 45-point game against Kansas State. He had a 45-point game against Buffalo. He had a 53-point game against Creighton. And he's had one, two, th- th- he had a 36. He had a 38-point game against DePaul. 
I like that. I graduated in five years and I redshirted. And then yeah, I go, a, where'd you play ball? Well, I didn't. I just redshirted. Yeah, it's a redshirt. <laughs> you play ball at the student rec center. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. Yeah, like I tore, I, tore, I, tore, I tore my ACL my sophomore year. Yeah, I had to register. <laughs> Position you play. I don't know, I mean, student? <laughs> What's the deal with student managers? Are they are they allowed to play in games? Well, some, I mean, there have been times, oh, no, is the short answer. But you can put it, I mean, like, you can put any, you can put anybody on your team, right? You can just have a walk-on. So, so when these tryout. student managers play in a college game, are they on the roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're no longer a student manager. They're on the team. Well, they, sometimes they could probably still go do the laundry, but you have to put them on your team, like on your yeah. roster. But, I mean, just think about it. Like you could have just some guy show up at an open – like you could put anybody on your team as a walk-on. Yeah, but they're also the guys that basically run the scout team against your starters. But you but, but you can't have them on the roster as student manager. Yeah, and, he, and put them in the game. And just put them in the game because he's your yeah, student manager. Okay. No, <laughs> it's not a flex position. So when I see student manager goes in the game for team, that guy had been put on the roster. Yeah. Now maybe he just, yeah, he might still be the student manager. Like maybe they still make him do the laundry, but yeah. he's on the roster. He's yeah. You know, be a cool deal would be to be a player, a practice. Like if you if you were a good player, and I think this happens at like uh, at like uh, Tennessee and UConn, Missy, uh, the big time women's schools, is that guys practice against them every day. Right. They do that, yeah. They do a lot of schools. Yeah, they do that. Fresno State. Um, I don't remember. I remember some of the women's players playing in, in like open gym. Yeah. Uh, not open gym, but like just pick up. Um, but I've seen it a lot of places where guys get out there, and you know the coaches want somebody to throw a few elbows, that kind of thing. Well, did, Jack, you, did you see, by the way, John, the guy that tweeted at me, Candlestick Will? Did you see the license plate he found? It was a, what did it say, Haberman? It's It was G-H-B-R-M-A-N was the license plate. Who do you think that is? Guy Haberman? Guy Haberman. Gary? Gene? Multiple Guy Habermans in uh, in the Bay? Well, no, this was – t- uh, so the guy, Will, tells me – or Candle, I don't know if that's his real name, but Candlestick Will tells me it was like in um, – what do you say, like Mission V? No, uh, somewhere in Southern California. He said it was in Agora Hills. So anybody know G. Haberman in Agora Hills? Oh, let so me, it's Southern California? Yeah, let me know. What are you going to do today for lunch? It's a great question. I went, I've went. i been two days in a row to the same, or two out of three days at the same deli uh, for a tuna sandwich. Uh, but uh, i got to get my car for that, so I'm probably not going to do that. It's a great question, John. It's a great question. Okay, time to eat. All right, get ready for the tourney. Later. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done 
which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.